There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this. It is the infrequent podcast about flying pilot episodes. I'm your host, JB, and as always, I am joined by our three intrepid pilots. So I think I'll just ni- quickly nip around the room. Uh, Goddess, how are you, mate? Hello, JB. I'm all right. Um, and uh, in fact, I'm not. I'm not even sure we spoke with the other boys about this, but we did have a little minor pod spin-off, didn't we, on Sunday? Yes. When we were uh, when we were both at Wasps together. Worlds collide. Yeah, which was a good day out. Um, but uh, yeah, good. Had a good Christmas, and um, I'm sure we'll find out what everyone's been up to. Clearly, the other boys have probably been doing more flying than I have. But uh, you know, there you go. Yeah. Well. You're sort of a you're 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 more of a more more of a high flyer now. Uh, oh, that's maybe. good. Maybe we'll see about that. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, I I was lucky enough to have one day in the life of a, of a one star general, which is basically free booze and hospitality at rugby games. It was absolutely <laughs> magnificent. Um, moving on, uh, Parky, ha- how are you? Yeah, the low flyer. <laughs> <laughs> Under the radar, Parky. That's what we call it. <laughs> Yeah. Come on, you can do better than that, Parky. Yeah, I'm good. You good? Yeah, I've, I've, well, I've, I've kind of got very little to, uh, to report. It's sort of the uh, the quiet season for me. Have so, you done any um, drone flying? Uh, I did do a little bit of drone flying with my boy. That was all good. Um, yeah, didn't crash it. And I was going to add check dunk out. We we had a bit of a the the. The old drone that I once learned to fly on, I'm going to dual Mason on. Yes. Wow. It's going to be very unresponsive to to, to learning, really. But <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to see how we get on with Mason. We 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 had to sort of swap some motors around because two of them were were not working. But I think we've got one to work. So next well, time this won't surprise you. This won't surprise you in that you know we arranged this. Now I was calling him for weeks. He said, "Oh, come on by." I said, "Oh, yeah, great. That'd be fantastic." So I, I turned up and he was fixing his Christmas lights, oh. and he, he, he fixed them for about two hours, and then it ran out of light. And then when he eventually dragged this drone out, he hadn't got it out for about two years. None of the engines worked, so we had to change it all. And by that time, it was either too windy, it was raining, we'd run out of light, we couldn't do it. You know, right. it, can it, I just interject? Right, Mason <laughs> arrived at four thirty in December when it was dark. So I may as well fix my Christmas lights because we couldn't fly. <laughs> you know, it is lucky that you two are genuine, genuine pilots of quite some distinction. Because otherwise, this talk about drone flying would be so nerdy. <laughs> It'd be That's unbelievably true. geeky. Have you ever go, Jamie? I haven't yet. I'm afraid that I'd like it too much. 
either. I was supposed to when I went around to Parkies, but he hadn't set it up. So. <laughs> well, um, well Goddess, how are you getting on with your bad boy? You've been doing uh, it. It's, been, uh, it's currently, the weather's too bad down here for drone flying, so it's been in the <laughs> box over Christmas. I'm thinking of breaking it out soon, though. Ooh, exciting. Yeah, I imagine you've got a massive set of rules and regulations that you're here to. <laughs> I do Parkinson, uh, mainly because I live under the Heathrow flight path. <laughs> yeah, and, and I bet you it's it's embossed on the front of the big set of rules and regulations in gold lettering, the general. Yeah. Yes, and I have a flag on the front of the drone. <laughs> <laughs> well, last but not least, our our medium flyer, Duncan Mason. How are you, mate? I'm good, thanks. I've uh, I've been whizzing around. I've had a great week this week. I've flown uh, every day. Wow. Uh, and I didn't think that would happen because I thought the weather was going to uh, to put pay to it. But um, even today, I climbed into the aeroplane and it was uh, it was far too windy to fly, so I had to climb out again. Oh, dear. But um, it calmed down. I got back in and went later. It was great. Now, are you, going out you instructing? They give, they give the weaker students better continuity. So, you know, you're, you're, you're doing well. Yeah, thanks, Parky. I mean, a lot, a lot of the boys have said that. To be honest, I'm feeling really quite uh, grateful that I haven't been chopped yet. I mean, after our discussions last time, things have only gone downhill. Um, so I would shout out to Woody on 50, 57 Squadron and all of you boys that really have persevered with my uh, my incompetence throughout this workup. And uh, so thanks for that. Uh, so you're not instructing. You're being instructed to instruct. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm, a, I'm a filthy student at the moment. So, can I ask, do you refer to your instructors as mates or sir? I, I call them uh, my lord. I just think that seems to work better. My lord. He makes them call him sir. <laughs> uh, not at all. Not at all. Well, you know that I've been demoted. We've spoken about this. So, you know, it's all, um, it's all very pally. <laughs> did, you, did you have to... Did you have to buy flight lieutenant stripes, or did yeah, someone? Did. Oh, did you? Yeah, I had an unlimited supply. I gave him, no, but they were white. <laughs> they were white. <laughs> and the the um, no, but the thing is that uh, I think they cost about thirty-five pence a meter, whereas for your general stripes, they're thirty-five thousand pounds for God a is, set. God, is Duke? They're in gold. Do you have yeah. any of those ropes which uh, people wear? No, although there is an interesting. Well, vaguely interesting story where when I uh, when I turned up a station at Lossiemouth, the previous station said, uh, you know, so we had that gold braid on the arm. And he said, yeah, yeah, you know, you're definitely a Queen's Equerry. <coughs> I went, Are you sure? He went, yeah, yeah. Give me a give me a uniform. I'll go and get it sorted when we were doing the handover. After her horses. Yeah. So, um, so there I am parading around the place, had all my photos done. They're all oh, up around no. the station. And I've got my gold braid on the Queen's Equerry. And um there was a uh, there was a uh, garden party at Holyrood Palace up in Scotland, um, and all of the equerries are invited. They're in and around Scotland. And I didn't get an invite, so what? I asked one of the team to go and um, look into it. And it turns out that I wasn't an equerry. How on? I was parading around for an entire month with lots of gold braid and scrambled egg around the place. And um, if I'd have been seen by a royal, I'd have been shot like a pheasant. Oh, so, wow. I mean, it would have been quite good to see. But just to explain, yeah, please do. some of the listeners don't know what scrambled egg is. So that those within the Air Force, for, for senior officers um, like Goddard's, um, when you get to group captain, on the front of your cap, you get uh, sort of some yellowy gold. Uh, what would they be? What leaves are they, Goddard's? I, must hope be. I, think, I should probably look. Someone Google it. I should know that. But they look a bit like someone's spilled scrambled egg on the front. So they've always been known as uh, as scrambled egg. 
So that's what Goddess is referring to. And, but the thing is, what, what I like about that whole conversation is the fact that because Goddess didn't get an invite somewhere, which must be bloody unusual, yeah. they sent out his men to find out why. <laughs> <laughs> this is 100% true, Mason. And then, uh, and, the, and the following week, uh, we had our um, annual formal inspection where the Air Officer Commanding Number One Group, Gary Waterfall, was coming up, and, I, and we had to burn every photo that was around the station of me on various boards and flight safety things because I was wearing the wrong uniform. So, uh, what qualifies you to wear the ropes? What what are they called? What are they actually called? Uh, are they called egalettes? Egalettes. There's no good asking any of us. You yeah. to... uh, <laughs> None of us are no, even vaguely close to it. So if you are an equerry in certain positions in the military, um, you're appointed equerry to Her Majesty the Queen. Sorry, what does you that wear... mean? What, what was an equerry? Um, so it's basically your military... <clears throat> military assistant but removed in the case of these honorary positions because she will have an equerry and it will be someone who is there in the royal household mm. so these are sort of honorary positions um and then certain um outer office staff so military assistants and so on two senior officers two stars and above will have you know one of these on the other arm i think it is you know to demonstrate uh. that they're uh, a part of the staff oh nice oh there, there you go learn something every day yeah, clearly I've made that all up. So anyone who's listening who knows better than uh, texting the real answer. Yes. Yeah, they're quite they're quite blingy, aren't they? You know, they're good for fancy dress, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. very important. <laughs> very important. Well, that's what why, we that's getting... why in movies any ten dictators have lots of gold braid all over them. Yeah. If you want to look like Napoleon, it's brilliant. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it's quite short, like Napoleon as well. Yeah, one foot three. <laughs> Uh, and also a brilliant man manager, just like Napoleon. Right, yeah. <laughs> let's get uh, let's get into it. Um, there's a there's an aviation fil- uh, fil- film out soon, boys. I don't know if you're aware oh, of this. I, um, so have we talked about this pod? Well, no, no. I remember you getting very excited about it. Goddard well, is very excited about this film. Oh, Parky, well, you were probably on your fifth tour when the original movie came out. But where where, where were you all when the original? Top Gun came out. Uh, I was on the Phantom OCU when the original came out. So it must have come out the summer of 86, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was 86, yeah. 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 yeah, I was on the Phantom OCU. And for you guys on the Phantom, how cool was the F-14? Because I guess the F-14 was, you know, one, one step up from where you guys were. Yeah, it was. We, uh, you know, we used to do... I don't think I did. But every now and again, you know, when you're in Cyprus, you do some... Uh, dissimilar air combat against you know who's ever there, and the boys did some stuff. You know, Phantoms versus the uh, the F fourteen. It was a, it's a massive jet. That's what I can huge, you know. I've been up close to the thing. I'm sure we all have, and it's it's big. I mean, it makes a Phantom look small. Massive beast, but it, it's definitely one of the coolest looking aircraft. I think you know just the, the way the sort of the tail tapers back, the two fins, the, the wings seem to sort of sweep and they kind of it looks good with the wings forward back it, it's it's just a mean a mean looking jet the f-14 i, I think yeah I agree. without a doubt it's a fantastic looking machine yeah i like it I, does it have some it's, sort that of... cr- it's that crank that comes at the wing route i think that makes it look quite yeah mean. yeah yeah very Do, cool it, it does look like it's got some common heritage doesn't it with the f-111 
I always, I, I always think that at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, well, no doubt it has. Were they both? I'm sure the F111 was designed for carriers. But they never took it up, and then they took bits of the F111 and incorporated it into the F14. I think F111 was Fairchild Republic, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. It's, a, it's different manufacturers. Single yeah, the F1 was Grumman. Side Grumman, by side yeah. cockpit as well. The I, I know what you mean, but I think you, to me, there's almost two ends of the spectrum there. Tomcat looked like it was, you know, if you could dream your best looking aeroplane then the tomcat must be one of them it's got to be up there whereas if you could dream your worst looking <laughs> fast jet then the f111 probably was as well I it looked cool. like it turned up it looked like someone you know he you know crashed the nose in on landing and bent it up a bit almost well, that's like, why they called it the yard park <laughs> almost like they've just got bits of different aircraft and glued them together without much regard for the overall look yeah that's what, that's yeah, what they exactly. did for the 117 so where were you dunk you must you must have been the same as me in the sixth form uh, yeah, I was at school. I was no, no. I wasn't in sixth form. I was at, I was fifteen at the time. Bristol, go. Oh no, was it eighty six or eighty seven? Eighty six. No, I was fourteen. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So 14, I just took, the, my <laughs> Top Gun, and this is probably why I didn't do very well with girls. Um, <laughs> I, no, it was, <laughs> the first please, please go on. Was Top Gun? Well, we did a we did a mass double date in uh, it was Croydon cinema there was about six of us going out with six girls from the local Croydon high girls school and uh, it was a double bill of uh, Beverly Hills Cop and or Beverly Hills Cop 2 or something like that and Top Gun and everyone knew I think I can't remember whether had you I know 14 I hadn't so I was due to go next summer to the big... Had you what? <laughs> been to the officer and air crew selection zone. That's what I mean. no. So I was very excited, nudging people, saying, I'm going to do that. And all of my mates and all of those girls saying, don't be ridiculous. No, you don't. No, you won't. And did you ever, yeah. did you ever succeed in flying the, F- the F-14? Uh, negative, Ghost Rider. The pattern yeah. is full. Looks like they have the last laugh, though. <laughs> yeah. didn't join the US Navy <laughs> yeah. correct. What about, were you even born then JB I was two <laughs> so, uh, well, so what's your first memory of Top Gun then uh, I used to watch it at my friend's house my friend would you believe it uh, a guy called Tom Parry his father was really into aircraft and uh, yeah he used to have a little aircraft book and in it would you believe it oh, god I must have been at least as primary school I, I I remember that. But on the cover of, um, of this book was the F-22, and which is amazing because everyone thinks the F-22 is really new. But actually, it's something like 25 years old now. Pro- probably older. Yeah, yeah, so it was coming out. It was sort of designed the same time as Typhoon. So, And they had the YF-22 and YF-23, didn't they? Competition, yeah. you know, back in the, the sort of uh, mid early mid-90s. Yeah, and I remember that my friend Tom had the vinyl, okay, of the soundtrack. Oh, I waited to to the danger zone. <laughs> which by the way one of the most underrated soundtracks in all of film history I thought oh. you said Take My Breath Away was your favourite one of <laughs> yeah. so uh, so is everyone excited about the new one Do you know, oh yeah. yeah no I'm going to say no I mean I'm excited to watch airplanes fly and everyone's watching airplanes but you know what doesn't do it for me F- F-18s Oh really? They just they just they're they're, they're a bit dull, frankly. Mm-hmm. I mean, Interesting. What, come, come on, God, ne- it's, ne- it's, not, ne- it's not as cool as an F sixteen. It's not. You, well, you know it. I was it. just about to say, Parky never lost to a Hornet in dogfighting. 
It's because they are what? Oh. Jack of all trades, master of none. No, it's because they'll always take you high and then try some high alpha hunyaker having dumped all their energy. If you just keep your energy, you're all over them. Yeah, one awesome sort of back turn, then they bleed their energy and they're they're without ideas. Ooh. I bet if they, I, bet, I bet there's a lot of hornet pilots, especially the navy guys. Oh yeah, a lot of hornet pilots that are just shouting at their <laughs> audio material right now. So who has seen, or especially the last trailer? Actually, I thought I thought the last trailer was better than the first one. Ooh. But I mean, right, because. I'm going to go. I'm going to go frame by frame or scene by scene through this one. So the first one, as it opens, mountains, and then an F-14 flies from bottom to top of the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But hold, hang on a second. You see, you've missed a bit, Goddess. You can't get away from that classic. Uh, I don't know what's making the noise, but is it a gong that goes? Dong. Oh, that you're is, talking about the four-minute trailer. That sets the scene. No, the two-minute twenty-six trailer. I'm watching here. Okay. <laughs> Well, that's, I mean, that's us. That's us lifting the curtain. Talking to trailer. We well, didn't have the dung. The, that the, sounds the like one, bad news. Have you ever seen, seen that? <laughs> <laughs> there's uh, there's some stuff down through some valleys, and then he kind of rolls inverted and pulls. Yeah, that's great. There's there's a very cool bit which is canopy to canopy, and it's very close together, and it doesn't look CGI to me. Well, so let's talk I'm, through this one, right? Do, so F14, do. I mean, is that CGI or are they flying an F-14 in this movie? Uh, they definitely got an F-14 out. I, I know that for a fact. And I don't know if they flew it, but they were to- they were towing one about. And I'd be, do you know, I'd be very surprised if there's any CGI in this. Isn't the whole point of the Top Gun movie that you're going to be watching aer- aeroplanes? There'd be, well, there'd be fury if this is CGI. There's definitely a lot of actual flying in it. There's no doubt about it. If you sort of have a little look around the internet, you see that they they, re- they fitted the aircraft out i can't remember how many you know cinema quality cameras they managed to put in the jets iphones but they they did a lot of it'd be just like your set. imagine if jb was setting up the cameras in that <laughs> and they go off and they fly you know a 4v4 they'd come back i oh, know sorry i forgot to switch yeah, it on sorry about that. Yeah, or it would pause midway or there were no meditate. batteries in it <laughs> so so what why is an f14 in this uh well, have you got it's not a, just f14 does oh, the F-14 actually fly in it? Yes. So the f- I'm looking at the first part of this, the Top Gun um, 2 second trailer. The first one came out, um, which was, uh, you know, just a minute long or so. And this second one, which adds a bit more footage, has got an F-14 flying through with the, with the burners in. I'm looking at the burners right now. Yeah, it does have an F-14. It opens up with an F-14. It wouldn't surprise me if there was an F-14. Actually, do you know where the only F-14s are left flying? And it's I can't probably imagine, Iran, isn't it? I can't imagine yeah. that, that, that they borrowed one from there. <laughs> no, exactly. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah so I, I have no idea what part of the story that is unless it's in... Because I think it sort of starts off with Tom Cruise being part of some experimental aircraft testing unit, um, you know, getting called back to Top Gun. <laughs> oh, sorry, is that me playing that? Or is that you Can you hear it? Yes. Yeah. Is that I've, you, Dunk? I have a question, right? I mean... You three are all pretty good pilots. Um, how good would you have I'm to not. be to be that <laughs> to be that disruptive and still get called back again? Is there yeah. anyone that you know who is that good to be that disruptive and still come back again? Well, it's interesting you should say that because you know I, I went through this trailer and you know what? So there's a few things that uh, that really sort of came out for me. Anything gets so, your goat. 
when the when the when the admiral is saying to Maverick, he's saying, um, you, you should be a, a two star admiral by now, but you're a captain. I thought Parky. <laughs> no, no, he shouldn't be a two star admiral, but you know, I did think, you know. And then Cap- and then he, said, he made it to captain. That's the equivalent of group captain. Parky made it to flight lieutenant. Ah, uh, right. I don't think <laughs> I got is captain the same as Good no. captain? Yes, he's a full he's a full bird uh, captain in no. this. No. Yes, mate, you've been out. You're outranked by uh, oh, Maverick. Got oh, that's a kick in the teeth. Well, the, the other thing is that uh, he says your kind is headed for extinction. And again, I thought of Parky. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a common theme here, isn't it? <laughs> I, I imagine there might be. Go on, please continue. No, I haven't got that much more about that. But I tell you, the things that sort of came out from the trailer for me is the the things. I don't know whether you noticed them. The common themes that were. Do you know in the first one where he said, "I'll put the brakes on and you'll fly right by," mm-hmm. and yes. he would um, he would hit the I think throttle um, forward to the stop first. It makes a click, and then he'd pull back on the stick. He wouldn't do it both at the same time. Explain that in a bit more detail, Dunk. Well, it's just uh, you know, to me, I think if you were. Pulling up as he as he was, you'd probably pull back at, at the same time as putting the stick forward. But he seems a little bit binary to me. I'm just saying. Ah. <laughs> he puts the throttle and it slams that against the stop and waits till that's there and then he pulls the stick back. Well, Dunk, if you'd flown an aircraft coordinated to me, that's what if I'm you'd saying. flown an aircraft with a burner, Dunk, you'd know that you have to wait for it to light before you then. Like he's made, he's let it light, brothers. I don't think. Right, in that split second, that he's whether it's lit. I'm just saying. <laughs> right, so we could talk more about the fact that we could talk more about the fact that they're remake, remaking the original film through this trailer because the next thing after Maverick walking wistfully out through a, a door after the F-14 is the close-in side cockpit of this is a real F-18 in flight with Captain Captain Navy Captain Pete Mitchell Maverick on the side of a strangely coloured F-18. So I don't know whether that's a still and there he is. He's rolling off down with and he's got a black fuel tank on. You know why he's got a black fuel tank on? No, I'd like to know, though. So you know who's Maverick when there's lots of aeroplanes around. That'll be why. No, what, like the Red Baron painted his his plane red? Yeah, but I think only for the movie. Oh, right, I'm with you. There's a load of helmets and masks and you don't really know who's who. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, clear visors. That sort of makes sense, actually. I want to see if I can make the those. That's it. Can you hear that? Young. Grim Reaper. It's like a bell, isn't it? Yeah. yeah it is like a bell. It's not dissimilar. <laughs> it's like you, Doug. It's not dissimilar. So the other thing is 35 years of service, which is about half of what Parky did as well, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. If I did exactly 35 years, get in. <laughs> so I've, I've got more important questions. How much of this flying is actually legal? For instance, how long are you allowed to hug the floor of the desert for at seven feet? Now, so have you seen the making of the Top Gun trailer? No. Where they've got the camera crew in the desert, and uh, we'll retweet it on the pod, um, and they are, this jet flies over the top of the camera crew at about 500 knots and probably 15 feet, um, which is not legal in uh, in flying terms however if you're in a range and you get cleared to do so then you'd be uh, you know they've obviously got that clearance in order to do it for filming now have i have any of you guys flown that low at that speed never 
Never. <laughs> and why? Is it just a safety thing? There's just no... Oh, sorry. Never, never. Absolutely. Sorry. Absolutely never. Have. It's illegal, JB. Yeah, of course. I, I, I don't know what, what a stupid question. Sorry about that. Yeah. I just... Uh, lost... I've, never, I've never flown an aircraft that goes at speed, so... <laughs> hey, so... Uh, so hang on. I'm sure we might have mentioned this before, but... Um... Parky, wasn't there a? Uh, it was on Red Flag, wasn't it? One of the F three boys who imploded one of those chrome um, caravans, tra- chrome caravan trailer things by flying supersonic over the top at about a hundred feet. That's cool. Yeah, but was that an F three? It could have been. Yeah, yeah it was you an F3. were allowed to go supersonic over land, weren't you? There. So yeah, yeah, in Red Flag yeah. over Nevada, you can go supersonic over land, and that was down yeah, to one hundred. I see. I heard that story, and I don't know who told me it recently, but I thought it was a B one B. Oh, there's probably lots of people who have super. But the F three was pretty nippy at low level, wasn't it, Parky? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, ridiculously quiet. I think I've said that before, but uh, yeah, you sort of. Yeah, you'd, uh, they had a couple of uncontained rear engine fires, so you ended up having a sort of speed of the day, I seem to recall, which was kind of uh, stopped you. Well, but you, you could you used to be able to go up to about sort of 750 at low level, which I think is about 1. 1. 1.1 or something. It was it was pretty quick. That's quite fast, isn't it? Now, speaking of fast... Like a dingbat, didn't it? It just kept... I, I, used, I was holding down at St. Athen and would sit in the back of them when they were doing the test flights when they'd come out of the shed. And they had to do a, I think it was a 200 or 250 to three to um, 600 knot acceleration. And I can't remember the exact figures, but it was something like every 100 knots was about five or six seconds. Uh, and it didn't slow down. It, they, it, it was five or six seconds every time. It didn't ever slow down, just kept going. I think that, I mean, that's the same, definitely F-16 and Typhoon. I, I remember, we, we, did we do a low-level Excel dunk? Well, we flew together, but it will, because it's suddenly getting more air, it almost, the acceleration from sort of 300 to 400. It, it increases, doesn't it? From 400 to 500. And then it almost seems faster, five to 600. And then eventually, you know, just the drag and everything, it, it slows a bit, but it it's, the acceleration increases for a while, which is just seems wrong, but it, it definitely does. Interesting. I know what, when I did that low level Axel trip in the Typhoon, I felt like, you know, in that James Bond film when he's whizzing around and has to use his watch to shoot the instruments. It's yeah. like that. Moon Ranger. Yeah. You know, so you don't go supersonic and break the speed limit at low level. You have to, you know, you have to pull the throttles back to idle about 100 knots before you get there. And you're forcing your hand forward to trying to pull the throttle back because your head is just pushed into the back of the seat. It's unbelievable. Now, not to be a real party pooper here, but I want your views on another aspect of this trailer. And that's when the third F-18 goes straight through the middle of the two other F-18s. Do you know the bit that I'm talking about? Hold that thought, JB. We haven't got there. Sorry. Because the next next thing... I wanted to talk about is in terms of we're remaking the same film here okay is after you see maverick rolling away and demonstrating that he's got a black single fuel tank underneath caution he'll probably run out of fuel quite quickly mm-hmm. um the next one is on a bike on his old bike riding through the desert with the same old leather jacket on and he's now stopped in front of a, uh, a tomcat on a stick which i think i mean top guns at fallon now which is in the uh, uh, in the desert up near reno um but uh, I don't know where they filmed it. It could have been at Fallon. It could have been, you know, down at Miramar again, which is now a U.S. Marine Corps base, or it could have even been Navy North Island. 
but sure, same old stuff. There there's a um, uh, a podcast. I was just having a little look at some of the stuff because clearly there's a lot of people that are excited about it and putting stuff out. And there's um, uh, an XF14 driver, I think, who um, has got the Fighter Pilot podcast uh, over in the States. Ooh. But he's done like a YouTube clip. <laughs> And he was talking about all those things you just mentioned, Goddard, about exactly where that Tomcat was on the, the stick, exactly where it is, and um, uh, all, all of those sort Don't of points. Don't tell people that. They'll go and listen to him. I didn't know they'd done that. I thought we were being original what? by talking through the uh, by put, uh, talking through the trailer. I think what was his answer, Dunk? Where was it? Do it. <laughs> Say again, Parky? Where, was his, where did he say the F-14 was then, Dunk? I can't remember off the top of my head. Oh, but then the next frame is an awesome piece of flying footage which is there's obviously you know a cinematic camera probably in a pod i would have thought uh on the wing of an f-18 as if as the f-18 is banked up at low level and is pulling around um you know a hill of some sort at low level and that is a flipping awesome shot and you can see the vapor coming off the top of the sort of leading edge root extensions on the hornet um and that, that looks very cool it does look cool but i think just from the the those trailers both of them the flying scenes whether it be 15 feet over the desert the um the way it's filmed flying over the mountains as he pulls over the, the top of the ridge over the mountains all of the cinematography looks epic so if anyone is in any way a petrol head or in any way just sort of likes those uh, those ad- high adrenaline things it looks like it, it you know it's definitely going to be a film to go and watch just to see that cinematography because where else would you get to do that well they'll be they'll be in um imax uh, uh as well so you know so the so the hd and the fact that you could go and see it you know uh, up near main building in london where i work the waterloo imax has the largest imax screen in the world right that thing all is going enormous yeah, yeah, there you go. We're all, all going to have to go and see it. But clearly, we'll, we'll get tickets to the premiere. We'll just speak to Tom. Um, Could you speak to Tom? Yeah, I'll try. As guys that have flown fast jets, when you watch that cinematography, does it remind you of flying? It, yeah, it reminds you of yeah. sitting there. So yeah, yeah. The, the, the clip that I've just played and stopped where he's pulling around the hill, then it switches to the cockpit, and it's an over-the-shoulder where he's reversing from left to right quickly at low level. Absolutely yeah exactly how it is yeah here's one then goddess you're gonna you're gonna get to it but the the binary flying that tom does that uh that dunk's not so keen on he then then high alpha skull crusher yeah maverick wouldn't have got through flying training over here and then the other mate rolls inverted so it's you know they they are canopy to canopy I've just played that through a few times. That is pretty awesome, isn't it? I don't quite know how they've done that. I was when I first did it. When we when we did the Reds, the uh, what, what was the um, when six went upside down, Dunk, and then we all did a barrel roll. We were the right way. He was upside down. Whatever that maneuver was mirror roll. I, I kind of thought it would be like that. I thought that the F eighteen would just be inverted, and then the guy would be formating on him. But you, he kind of moves his head up as the other mate rolls upside down, very close and above him. I don't quite know how they've done that. Do you think they've got Blue Angels pilots in there for those bits? Yeah, but it's. Uh, do you know what I mean? It is. It's who's formating on who would be my question on that one. 
I'm really Who's... confused by all the things that you've just said then. So why is this difficult? Why is it, you know, why is, why are you unsure about how it was done? Because essentially the shot that I'm looking at, you're looking up at, it's a camera that's sort of almost mounted on the floor of the F-18 that's looking up at the sort of chin and through the top of the canopy. So from the floor, looking vertically up at the pilot's face, so you can see his mask and everything, he's got his head right back. And above him, you see the F-18 roll inverted and be very close and above him. And that is quite A-level. Wow. Well, yeah, that's quite exciting. I mean, Dunk, you are an expert on things. How did they do that? (laughs) I am an expert. Isn't it? (laughs) No, I don't think it's anything that's not binary at all, is it? How have they done that? But going back to JB's point about, you know, does it remind you of flying? You, you play that clip between about sort of 26 and 35 seconds on the um, on the second trailer, the low level round the road. And they're just filming them going low level through the uh, through the valleys. Unbelievable. And that's exactly how it is in an airplane. So I cannot wait to go and see that in the uh, uh, in the cinema. The next thing that comes up is clearly always my favorite, a briefing in a hangar. Yes, I I love this, right? So I've been... I, I'm obviously, I'm not, mili- I'm not military background, but when I've been to places which are of uh, belonging to the UK military, it doesn't often look like that. <laughs> like, if it, when, when you watch um, things, you know, uh, RF Uncovered or whatever it is on BBC2 or what, you know, whatever the show is, they're usually in these 60s brick buildings uh, and everyone's holding mugs of tea. Not in a dimly lit mood hanger. No, this one that uh, on the second trailer here, they've got uh, to explain the picture I'm looking at. It's obviously, I say obviously, it's the hangar deck on a an American carrier. They've got a few jets in the background. There's an F-18 facing the audience and a podium, and then either side of the audience that are crammed in there, which looks like a bunch of pilots and and maybe navigators at the front, and then all the flight deck crew behind because they're wearing the red, yellow, green shirts. There's two hornets either side with their wings folded, which they would be, uh, you know, yep. down in the hangar because they fold them before they take them down on the elevator. Um, and clearly some sort of briefing going on. And, I, I, you know, they always put trailers together in the wrong order. This is probably before some big mish thing where they, you know, they, they go back to, um, you know, one of those Second World War films where they pull the curtain back and the target today, lads, is is Hamburg that, that, or something. I mean, are they likely to be using a PowerPoint there? Or does just no one need to read anything? Because the lighting doesn't seem appropriate. <laughs> you wouldn't have a briefing in a hangar, Joe. Now, if you're briefing all ah. of the troops... Well, that's so... not true. That's not true, Goddess. We briefed all of the 2015 big sort of Balbos in the hangar. Interesting. It was exactly like you saw on there. But exactly. But, it, <laughs> but isn't that because you were on HMS? Because you, you couldn't get everyone in the briefing room. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, I was going to say, isn't that because you were on, like, Invincible? No, 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 no. Where, uh, no where, we we where did it in the hangers. Oh, hangers on, uh, sorry, not on a carrier. Because you no, have no. served on a carrier. <laughs> No, no. Well, so, 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 if the captain of a ship is speaking, you know, in, in the in the UK military, they do a, in the UK Navy, they do a uh, um, UK Navy, the Royal Navy, they do a, a thing called a clear lower deck. That is, the captain will be down, and they'll have the entire crew in there, or you know, whoever's not driving the ship or looking out the window, um, and it, they will speak to them in there. 
Mm. So this might be one of those clips, but it clearly is exactly like the original Top Gun, where they appear to be doing their um, academics, their lectures out in the middle of a hangar in the middle of an airfield, which is plainly ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, there's actually... Are you, you going to go through every scene, God? I think is he is. Your... We're, ha- we're halfway through. Yeah. Oh. I, I, I just like to, to contrast this with another clip, which I, I know God doesn't want me to talk about it just yet, out of sequence. But there's a, a clip when he's, with the, when he's with the Admiral. And the Admiral, too, is unbelievably, is sitting in darkness. It's moody. Was he sweating? I, I wonder Remember if it's... We talked I... about the first Top Gun, where the, the original captain, um, you know who's smoking the cigar inside is permanently sweaty. <laughs> I, I wonder if the biggest difference between this Top Gun and the latest Top Gun is going to be a change in attitude towards carbon consumption because there are not very many lights on. And well, maybe that's what it is. But, uh, but equally, I think, God, is that, you know, I, I'm sure that uh, I thought that that was one of the most realistic aspects of Top Gun 1 because the air conditioning never bloody worked on the carrier, so it was always boiling. Everyone was sweating. <laughs> Everyone was sweating the whole time. Hey, yeah. But the next part of this trailer uh, is... Sorry, just one no, last... No, 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 no. This is question. key to the movie. Oh, sorry, sorry. Parky, he's got a plan. He's the general. <laughs> <laughs> this is key to the movie. This is, I can't remember what the actor's name is, but he's got a little moustache, just like Goose, uh, and he's called yeah. Rooster. Yeah. Is this Goose's son, by Oh, yes. This has to be Goose's son, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Yeah. Doesn't he end up with a fight in a minute? Yeah, there's a bit of a fight. But a dunk I've just seen is binary. I'm going to hit the brakes off right by again. (laughs) It is a bit binary. You will now think of that. You'll think he is a binary pilot every time you see him. (laughs) So I have so many more questions for you now. Okay, so first of all. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Because I want to throw this little grenade in. Because, again, in sort of, you know, looking around. Um, the the internet at some of the stuff that's that's on there about the trailers and about the film. What about this? I'm sure that you've seen it. That trailer suggests Iceman may die in the sequel. What? Have we seen Iceman? In it? Oh, I see. There's a funeral later on, isn't there? Oh, oh. I think spoiler that- alert. That might be a bit of a red herring because I know it's difficult to tell, isn't it? If you see when they're doing some of that combat, I'm not sure whether we've got it to it yet, Goddess. So, you know, stop. No, it. no, no, it has to be in order. But, but there's uh, it's definitely a, uh, a flying through something and a flame out. Uh, there is I, a flame out. There's a flame out. I, I, they're going to lose one, I think, aren't they? No, so I, think, they have I, to. I, think that, I think that bit has to be Rooster. Goose's son flying through a jet wake after him and Tom Cruise have had a fight about him killing his dad by flying through jet wake. Oh, Has that's almost certainly it, isn't it? Has if, to be it. Yeah, if you hadn't been so reckless, my dad could have seen me graduate or some such thing. That's, exactly. That's what that fight's about. Well done, God. Is that so obvious? And, and but some wonderful writing. Again, someone has flown through jet wake. Yeah. After we've watched the film... Are we going to go through every scene? <laughs> yes, it's going to be a long podcast. Yes, it is. Uh, look, I just want to know these <laughs> different podcasts. So, uh, so sorry, I just want to know yeah, a few... thirty-seven different podcasts. Yeah, I just want to know a few different things here. So, first of all, uh, the smoking of, of the cigars that happened in the first one. Did you guys serve with anyone who smoked cigars? And back in the day, could you smoke on duty? Uh, yes. Yeah, I think you could. And do you know what? There was, um, and we may have mentioned this before. Jack Pilot. Um, yeah, Bill Pixton. 
Yeah. There is a, an apocryphal story of Bill Pixton who would um, have a cigarette because apparently his Jaguar had an ashtray in it. No, get out yeah, of he here. Had a stick, he had a stick on ashtray that he used to uh, put. It was, it was in the Gulf first, first Gulf War. <laughs> he didn't have a cigarette on the way back. That's amazing. Now, he was a legend, wasn't he, Bill Pixton? Yeah. Is well, he I mean, still around? I don't know, actually. I'm sure they're... Was uh, the track to see? The, was uh, the the mates around. Bill, if you're listening to the podcast, get in touch, would you? Yeah, so uh, could you get away with smoking now? Obviously not in your aircraft, but, you know, on a ship or some such thing. Cigars, uh, particularly if you're senior. Not in... Uh, not indoors. You, you know, you'd have to be back on the uh, on the quarter deck or something like that, but um, yeah, you'd be allowed to smoke out the back there. Surely if the captain has a cigar. pipe, don't you? No, it, so it used to be cigars. The USAF loved cigars. So when I was on exchange over there, it was all about whiskey and cigars. How cool. Yeah, that's a life. And that and that all came from the Vietnam times, um, you know, and back to Robin Olds and him being one of the big heroes in the United States Air Force. And, you know, pictures of him holding a big cigar after leading a massive mission out of Ubon in Thailand yes. across into uh, into Vietnam. So uh, do the Americans allow you to smoke cigars on their ships or is it all pretty much not allowed? No, not allowed. It's 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 just like it is in shops and you know your working environment, JB. Right now, you know the that all finished about fifteen twenty years ago, whenever it was, and and so you know go and find a little smoking area to do it if that's what you do. Do you know what? First they came for the rum. When will it stop? <laughs> <laughs> so you'll be pleased to know, Parky. I'm not going to talk about every single scene because we've all seen the one where um, he's doing it right now. Mavericks in front of the uh, the admiral, and that's the point that Dunk made earlier about the you're only a captain, not a flight lieutenant. Right. Um, well, what's interesting is I thought you were watching a different trailer. Then, do, do we think Mavericks had some work done? Yeah. No. In fact, the admiral yes. does not think he knows. And it's it next like summer. Parky. If if he. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Parky, what was? He's a bit leathery. <laughs> Parky, what was your last interaction with an ad- with with an admiral? Hey, what was your last interaction with an admiral? <laughs> Have you ever met an admiral? I never touched him. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, but he told me had many interactions. I mean, ooh, an admiral—that's pretty senior, isn't it? I don't think I've had any interactions with admirals. How? Uh, how about you, Mason? Because I, I know there's nothing but cocktail parties with admirals, but you, know, you were you weren't my boss is an admiral. I interact with an admiral every day. Exactly. You, Mason? No, I, I, uh, no, no, uh, no interaction with admirals for, for me. I'm afraid. Yeah, sadly, I was so, I, I was robbed by my only chance to interact with an admiral. Prevented me from saying hello to him. <laughs> we had to run the tackle you. Away from the first sea lord because you were going to jump him and and first sea lords don't like that sort of stuff they get spooked. <laughs> next next time I see him, obviously the the next part of the trailer after next summer goes back to you remember the when uh, in the first movie where Maverick lost goose and he had to go out and fill up the aeroplane and you know look sad in front of it he's doing exactly the same thing with the hornet obviously when he's on his big mish. Yeah, but it's a remake, isn't it? And I think actually it's quite, I think it's going to be great that there's a nostalgia about the first film and there's clearly from the trailers some big nods to the first film. There's beach volleyball and there's, you know, yeah. th- there'll be a... There'll be some singing. 
a plethora of similar scenes, won't there? And they'll be slightly different, but uh, that they'll sort of remake those things. The uh, some great footage of them taking off. I mean, they did that in the first one. Do you remember that pod underneath looking back as the F-14 was launched? This yeah. one has got Tom Cruise in the back of the, um, obviously a two-seat, but they're pretending it's a single-seat aeroplane with two big paveway bombs underneath as he goes off on his mish. Interesting. I wondered, and this is just, you know, I wondered if they'd put him in the front seat. No, he's definitely in the back seat. Uh, no, no, he's, no, no, back. he's in the back Unless seat. Unless he went solo, Dunk. Say again? Unless he went solo because he's looking backwards at him and there's nobody behind him. No. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. No, 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 sorry. No, I don't mean in that scene, but I just wonder if generically at some point during the making, they put with a pilot in the back, because he is a pilot. You know, yeah, I might have done. Might have done. I bet you he, he flies the Mustang on his own. That's a good um, point. I think this is a good point now. The Mustang... I think he owns that Mustang. Now, no, he does. He's got one. No, I no. think he's got a couple of I know he owns a Mustang, but I think what I'm trying to say is the character of Maverick owns that Mustang. Of course he does. Flies it out in the desert. So one of the things I wanted to come to here is they've just done a... a, a so I've stopped the trailer. Parky be glad to know. We're almost there, Parky. <laughs> is this clearly, clear, clearly there's a, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of new people there's rooster there's phoenix and i've now paused it and it looks like his call sign is fanboy yeah that doesn't sound like a very cool call sign does it fanboy? Well, it is for the kids isn't it you know, fanboy computer gaming yada 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 i can see that working for the next generation yeah that's 3d fanboy's 3d <laughs> <laughs> And then the next bit is the one that I think Parker he, he's, was talking. He's going to end up a one star, and he knows all the rules. That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> the, the next bit is the one that JB is talking about, where, the, where obviously they're going, "Hey, we're up against Maverick. Two of us versus one of him. He's mad, isn't he?" And he pulls up immediately between them. They're flying almost close formation, and he thrashes up between the between the two of them. I mean, ridiculous move, Melly. They'll just move aside, see him go upwards, pull up, and shoot him. Yeah, well, that, that's. 
something about this which I didn't like is when he comes through, they automatically roll. Now, you boys correct me, but you would have to make the aeroplane roll because if you just came through it naturally, you wouldn't you wouldn't react like uh, uh, like that. No, so, they, are, they are reacting to it. It's that sort of natural reaction to a possible collision. And it's one of those things. I think clearly that has to be well, CGI because blokes are in close formation. You're not going to fly a hornet three feet from each other up through the middle of them. They might do. <laughs> as long as people are thinking that, JB, then they've done their job, yeah. haven't they? And you might, and then, yeah, that's fine. Do that. And, and then we get into Maverick's old hangar with his Mustang in there. Now, Parky, have you flown a Mustang? No. No. Oh, mate, I would have thought out of all of us, you'd have been in there. You, uh, don't you been in the back seat of one in, in those modified no, ones? Would love to. I'd, like, I'd rather be in the front seat. Well, what, what do the boys say about it, Parky? Is it, I think it's reasonably docile to fly, isn't it? Yeah, I, I chat to uh, Jim Schofield, uh, sort of, dual checked, um, you know, about you know, last summer. So I was just talking to him about it. And he said it's, um, you know, it's, it, it's, Definitely the huge cockpit. It's it's nice. It hasn't got the sort of takeoff acceleration or anything like that of a spit. Really? But when it sort of when it gets going, that laminar flow wing, it's just really fast. Uh, it sort of just holds its speed. It's very heavy, very heavy in pitch. You know, to do a uh, you know a display, it's a real arm maker. But it's um you know it's not light and dainty like the Spitfire at all. Um, is there a difference between the Merlin engine version and the Allison engine version? Well, yeah, because the Merlin engine version made the aircraft before exactly. it was sort of fairly me- mediocre. And the Merlin oh. made the aircraft, you know, the combination of the two of that air. So it was a fantastic aeroplane. But, you know, I've done a similar thing, Parking, spoken to people that have flown. Because Dave Southwood, who's a test pilot as well, was saying this has got a really vicious high-speed stall as well. So it's really easy. It's got a big, wide undercarriage. So takeoff and landing, no problems at all. Really easy to fly, actually. Vicious high- now, yeah. um, as you, know, you, you, uh, you guys have all either served or are still serving, um, how much of your... And uh, of your monthly salary, would you have to put away before you could comfortably afford a Merlin and to operate it on a daily basis? Sorry, um, a Mustang. Quite a, what are they? Do you reckon they're a million a pop, like a Spitfire? <coughs> yeah, yeah, they are, yeah. They're, they're, they're cheaper. Oh, Mustangs are a bit cheaper. cheaper. But, but not that much. I mean, we're still talking three quarters of a million dollars or something, aren't we? <laughs> and storage. Yeah. I mean, how would but, you... Yeah. I guess the thing is, you know... Could have been a rich auntie donated it. Yes, yeah, so. I mean, um, Ke- how- Ke- Kelly McGillis in her will was in the family. How would you stay current on one if you were a civilian? Well, you could do. Could, could do. I mean, do you just have to get the amount of hours and log that? And does anyone have to check, like, check on what you're doing? Well, if you if you owned the thing, it would just be like any light aircraft. You could fly as you know, as long as you're getting enough hours to keep your license going, you could fly it once a year. And it would, you know, it would be yours to fly. You know, that might be a bit mental, but you know, it's uh, you could you can stay current on on cheaper aircraft and then jump in the Mustang. Oh, I see. And in terms of fuel, I mean, how much how much does it cost to put a Spitfire in uh, in the air every time? Well, you probably burn about thirty gallons by the time you started it. By the time you started it, bit, you know, in, in about sort of that's probably in about. 20 minutes, you'd burn 25 to 30 gallons, something like that. Wow. And, uh, am, Not am, mental am I, amount, but the fair what's bit. A, what's, what's a gallon? Eight litres? What's a litre of Avgas these days? It's, a, it's, it's about £1.20, something like that. Pound to £1.20, something like that. 
Is it eight litres a gallon? I thought it was four. Oh, oh, four. Eight pints. You're right. Four. It's four, four and a half. Four and a half litres a gallon, isn't it? So we're talking about, so it's about a fiver per gallon. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? And then 20 times. So 150 five, quid. 300 quid for 20 minutes flying, something like that. 20 times five. What did you say that was, Parky? 100 quid. That's my flute with navigators, Dunk. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sure it's more than that. All I'm saying, yeah. all I'm saying is he might be very well paid, but to sink in three quarters of a million dollars of capital into a, into a Mustang, plus the flying cost, and he flies every day, from what I can tell, plus he's got to keep up his bike. It just doesn't seem likely. No, but remember, there's that there's the point where he takes the uh, the tarpaulin off the bike, so that thing's been in storage for a bit, I reckon. Oh, I bet it starts up like that. But well, the next scene, the, the next scene is flying what... it every day. Huh? Why do you think he's flying it every day? Well, he's definitely flying it quite frequently because, well, these things need to be flown and operated no, and maintained. No. Surely. No, that's an assumption, Jake. It is an assumption. Yeah. Um, no, but... anyway. Anyway, the next part of it is the cool <laughs> part because this is where they're in the bar singing. You've seen that bit. I freeze framed it on the bar that they're in now, which is obviously completely different to the first one. That was the allegedly the Miramar officers' mess. This one, they've mocked up the bar that I was in, called the I Bar on Navy North Island in uh, in San Diego, and I was there just before Christmas, where we had a big meeting out there, and the bar had. I think I sent you guys a bunch of photos from it, but had all of those model aircraft hanging from the ceiling. Amazing. And, uh, and so they're all in this bar. I mean, there weren't necessarily the windows that, that you know, so they've mocked this one up, but there's about hundreds of these little model airplanes hanging from the ceiling when they're doing their songs and doing a bit of drinking, which I think is really cool because this bar how, was awesome when we were in it. How did you even notice that? It's like for a nanosecond, you can see the bar scene, let alone that there's little model aircraft on the roof. Because my eyes still work, Parky. Hang on. <laughs> God, is I'm going to send you a picture now? Because I think I know this bar, weirdly. I think someone sent me a picture of it the other day saying you would love it here. No, uh, me. I sent that picture from San Diego. And I had no idea until it turned up in that, uh, in that trailer that they sort of tried to recreate it. Barbie North Island. Wow. That is actually quite cool. That's really cool, actually. Yeah, which I thought was brilliant. And in fact, the only reason we went there was that the three-star admiral who was running the meeting that I was in wanted to go because it's a proper fighter pilot, you know, um, naval aviator type place, even though uh, I think it's been there for years. How cool. That is rather yeah. cool. Well, then. Brilliant. And, and then the rest of it is rooster fighting. Ooh, I see what you mean, Parky, about the rotation when they're flying opposite each other. Yeah. That's good. Good enough. Um, Someone has a flame out. Uh, there's a coffin. Yes, I like that idea. The coffin and the missing man formation that is Iceman. Mm. I wonder if that's at the beginning of the movie. And the reason Maverick... spoils it for business. <laughs> <laughs> Surely, though, I kind of wonder if Iceman... If Iceman... Iceman? Iceman. Iceman. He's like a policeman. If the Iceman... Uh, <laughs> if, uh, he's got to be in it. He's got to make a cameo in it, hasn't he? Yeah, but have well, you seen have you seen Val the... Kilmer these days? Well, if they did, they'd have to wheel him on. Do you think he'd have to live in the trailer? 
He's bloated up a bit, hasn't he? Yeah. I think he'd come on. He'd, he'd, he wouldn't be in a truck. Dunk. He'd come on on one of those mobility scooters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Iceman's having a bad day. These, you know, he's not having a good uh, end of career. Mm. <laughs> we still have some um, some fairly um, rotund fighter pilots, though, don't we? Do we? Yes. And we'd probably put them away when you go around. Christ, the general's coming. Get all the fellows. <laughs> you all done your fitness test? Yes, sir. I've got my fitness coming up, actually. We we had a Dutch pilot. One of the, you know, it's a very amusing call signs, I think. But his uh, his pilot's call sign was chubby. Uh, <laughs> it was brilliant. I we, we were sort of we were doing ironic. With the uh, with the, um, the the Dutch with the F sixteen and the kind of a fairly senior Dutch Minister of Defence kind of came out and visited us and we were all sort of standing round by one of the jets and this this uh, uh, wobble who was uh, actually shot down the uh, the Mig twenty nine he was uh, a major at the time so he introduced all of the all of us pilots to this uh, sort of Minister for Defence he said this guy's called Chubby and the minister, why is he called Chubby and wobble said because he's fat. <laughs> and I, I, I kind of lost it at that stage. It was like, that's good. Yeah. There you go. Good. It, so, it was sort of like you wouldn't see that scene in Top Gun. <laughs> Did you say that <laughs> someone shot down a, a MiG 29? Did I hear that correctly? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was the in the sort of uh, 90, 98, I think. What happened? It was, um, they scrambled some, uh, um, I think it was just a Serbian MiG. 29 wasn't it and uh the the boys were on cap and they got clearance to engage and they shot pretty rare yeah 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 no, we, we had a, a couple of briefings off a couple of boys who um, shot some guys down in and around uh it was iraq and bosnia um when i was out on uh out on exchange um i think... fascinating, fascinating stories about how it happens for real versus you know essentially the the top gun version of things yeah, I think, I think the F one eleven just to have a bit of a callback there has got an air to air kill with a bomb, and that, and that is a that is a serious comment. In Iraq, I think it was bombing as a helicopter was taking off and struck the helicopter with a bomb. It's either an F one eleven or an F fifteen. I Strike think Eagle. something like that happened in Libya as well. Maybe it's Libya. Yeah, and you I are correct. Did F one elevens do Iraq? I don't. I, I remember yeah. they did the the Libyan one. Oh, hang on, they did strike Libya, but years and years and years before the current Libyan. Con- uh, yeah, government. yeah, uh, it was um, in the eighties, wasn't it? Yes, yes, it was. Hmm. Yeah, that was El Dorado Canyon. Remember? Yeah. I, oh I no, think... maybe it was that one. That, yeah, maybe it was that one, JB. Maybe I think it was. We, yeah, I, think, I so. think you're right. I think you're correct. Goddard, have you got to the bit in there yet where um, where he's in sort of, I guess, a Top Gun boardroom or briefing room and um, another ranking officer says, you know, surprised to see him here again. And he said, yeah, I, I was surprised to be invited back. And that's and when it's called orders. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the bit where I said, has, has Maverick had any work done? Ah, yes. There would be some good one-liners in there, I think, though, weren't there? Again... I think all of it, I mean, trailers are supposed to sort of whet your appetite, aren't they? But um, I, it, uh, I think there's going to be some really good uh, shouts out. I think as long as people don't take it too seriously, I think the flying is going to be epic. The, the, there'll, there'll be a lot of shout outs to the, the old film 
as long as people don't take it too seriously. Well, I offer a bit of motorbiking and stuff like that and beach volleyball. They go straight into, you know, it's obviously real footage of an F-18 putting out flares, clearly CGI missile coming at it. But, um, you know, that in itself looks flipping good, you know, even sort of slowed down on here and an explosion behind it because it is a, they're, they're putting that on top of actual footage of a jet putting flares out. Mm. Um, and then the last bit in it is Maverick in his weirdly shaped black stealth but not stealth space suity aeroplane yeah yes, that is that? weird that's really what weird it, you know everything come on uh, 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 i can't tell you yeah. uh, that that for me just gives a slight although everything i've just said is going you know it's going to be good you've got to take it with a pinch of salt i just wonder where they're going with that I've no because that that will be worry about that. yeah i agree there's enough good content isn't there with well, what they do for a day job is an amazing thing. Yeah, and you can jazz that up without going to space. Yeah. So yeah, I, because I then he's in a sort of a spacey outfit, isn't he, at the end? Yeah. Yeah. But I think, so that'll yeah. obviously, I say that'll obviously, but, it, you know, that'll be at the beginning. That's where Maverick's been hiding out all these years on some secret test squadron. Iceman dies, he goes to the funeral, Some says, someone says, we need you at Top Gun, he goes to Top Gun, fights with a friend, and they go off on a mission together, and uh, everyone wins. Okay, I have one last question, and then we'll get on to listener questions, alright? Yes. But I, th- I feel this is important. There is a fight in the mess. Everyone who you've introduced me to in the RF is a very nice, reasonable, well-rounded individual. How often do you get a fight in the mess? Oh, great question. Uh... <laughs> Well, JB, JB, if you, um, you know, the same sort of uh, squadrons are often like a bit like rugby teams, or they definitely were back in the day. Mm. You know, we've talked about that. Uh, Have you ever seen fights at uh, rugby club dues? Genuinely, other than the fact that I've been punched two years in a row at the Broughton Park (laughs) do, outside of that, I have honestly never seen a fight in my current rugby club. Definitely not my current rugby club. Probably one in my last one. In about twenty uh, years of playing, I, I uh, I've never seen. Well, I've witnessed one. I've never been on a squadron where it's people within the squadron have had a fight. And the only one I've witnessed was uh, F three blokes, which is <laughs> I think Parky knows more about fights than, oh, uh, than anyone. Off me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, aggressive. I, I, fight is the. You know, when I think back to the shenanigans that occurred in the mess, it's a bit like Dunk and I. We had a little play fight once. But yeah, it was just, fight? You know, I just broke my ankle. It was a good one. But it was, uh, that was a very slippery marble floor. But just, it's just sort of lying around in the bar. That, I've, you know, that, that sort of carnage is, is more my recollection, not really aggressive fighting. I, you, I, you don't see that. That would be stopped. Yeah, because I I, I, I I like the idea by a that, one star. Yeah, I, 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 I like the idea that one squadron walks in and automatically has an, an enormous beef with the next squadron. <laughs> oh, mate, there's always beef. Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess, I guess. You know, I, I, bants with a Z between yeah. the squadrons. It, it, That's it, why it the... would more be fairly offensive songs. You know, the the Phantom Boys had you know loads of songs about the Jag Boys and a few about the Harrier Boys and the Harrier Boys had stuff about you know air defenders and it, it would be just banter and yeah, you know, and it's still it, it's still the I've same these days. That, I've the, definitely the, seen some fights. The, the... Well, you must have been there. Were you there at that huge Harrier 
field dinner. So they had all three squadrons there. At Honington? Yeah. That was a massive fight. <laughs> no, no, but that was I a food fight. Someone pulled Davy that... Slow's arms out of his sockets. He was just well, about that. He's only got little arms like a Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> he never found out who it was, but I think it was Matt Vardy. I'm just saying. <laughs> Sorry, you know, there was a lot of young men with the testosterone coursing through their veins, um, you know, at that time. I, I seem to remember at Chivener as well. We had 19 squadron and 92 squadron on a Friday night. Everyone would stay in the bar. There'd be a lot of booze consumed. And there was a lot of, as you say, Parky, it's not just someone walking up and punching someone in the middle of the face. But there'd definitely be, you know, rugby tackle and then broad, definitely yeah. body shots going there. And then the yeah. Oh, that squadron sort of piling on. That was yeah. roughhousing, and yeah. I, I guess they don't do it anymore. But do you remember there used to be the G check when you were going through um, flying training? Someone would sh- someone would shout G check, leap on top of someone, um, and then everyone else in the crew room would pile on top. <laughs> Sounds reasonable to me. It's perfectly reasonable. <laughs> uh, right, so let, let, let's get to some listener questions then. All right, we have got a few actually. We've got loads. Um, really good ones. Yeah. Um, so from Fraser Corson, actually, I had uh, I, I had a day with Fraser the other day. He is the man with the um, uh, the world record in wingsuit flying in terms of speed. He used to work with him down at um, Abbey Wood. Wow. He Which works is quite for, something. Uh, yeah, it works for IBM now. Um, but he said, if the RAF did not exist, but you could still fly, which air force would it be with, and why? Dunk. Ooh, that is a good question, isn't it? Crikey. <laughs> Uh, Not to be too controversial, but the Israeli Air Force seems uh, rather a lot of fun. You know, the thing is, is that it just is cliche, but the the US Air Force has got so much, it's got so much, hasn't it, you know, going for it. It's got so many different types and it goes and does some some pretty wild stuff. I I think that that would be... uh, that would probably be my first thought. But uh, see what Parky says, and then uh, I'll have a think about you go, it. Are you going back to the Koenig? I, I could see you, Dunk, some sort of uh, French, <laughs> somewhere down south France, flying a Rafale, have, you know, chilling out. I, that's what, you know, AV would love that. That's what I could see you. Parky, Parky, Parky. What? The flaw in that one is Dunk has been married to a French woman for 20 years and still doesn't know a word of French. Yeah, that's true. I do? <laughs> je, 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 no, I don't know. Je vais te faire. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, obviously, um, Goddard and I had a, a three-year spint with another Air Force, which is kind of weird. You know, you were the one Brit. Amongst and mine was with the uh, the cloggies, the Dutch in Leerwarden, and you know certainly at the time the the you know bang on about the F sixteen, but the role that they flew that jet it was fifty fifty air defence and fifty percent uh, mud, and, and so you know you did bomb, you went to the range, you did close air support, you did big mission stuff, you did one v one doggers, and it was utterly brilliant, and it was just the uh, you know, it was at a time when we were, you know, Goose Bay, you had to do, I think, 12 trips a year at 100 foot to stay quold. And they were 
they were more liberal with their interpretation of 100 foot, shall we say. And it, it was an absolute blast flying that jet with the Dutch. So I think mine's an easy one because I just, you know, you, you, you look back through rose tinted glasses. But it was a it was a complete blast on exchange with those boys. Hmm. All right, you got us. Yeah, I mean, almost the same as Parky. I'd go, and you mentioned it, Dunk. I'd go straight back to the, I'd go to the USAF in a heartbeat. You know, I absolutely love my time over there. An awesome bunch of people. And, you know, it's it's hard not to be depressed when you come back from such a mighty air force, you know, military, really. Um, I think I mentioned on the pod before, but, you know, the the day of 9-11, you know, the next day they're flying combat air patrols over every major urban conurbation in the U.S. with what they've got. And that's not just the Air Force, obviously. That's U.S. Marine Corps. That's U.S. Navy Reserves and Guard as well. With all of us, we were deployed in Iraq at the time and Saudi Arabia doing Iraq. So the scale and, you know, you look at where they've come now in terms of, uh, you know, the... Um, F-35s, F-22s, um, you know, new bombers coming out. And, you know, the course I was on out in Maxwell not so long ago where they're talking about their missile defense. The uh, Just amazing. Absolutely amazing what they've got. And they know how to use it. You know, they know how, the, how their tactics work. They've got red flag where they integrate all of these different things and, you know, just bringing new capabilities online. Uh, uh, flipping amazing. You know, and uh, I'd be over there in uh, you know, the drop of a hat. Well, we had a guy who did, uh, a, a Dutch F-16 guy, where I sort of arrived six months. He got an exchange, uh, maybe Hill, would that be right, Goddess? But it was basically an F-16 exchange to the USAF. So he's a, a Dutch F-16 mate, but he, he just goes to America for three years as, uh, as a Dutch pilot on an American squadron. And he came back just before I left. And I can remember in the, chatting in the bars, you know, because... A lot of it for the Brits, it was to fly another aircraft, like, you know, to fly an F-16 or mention a Rafale or, you know, there's an F-22 exchange, loads of F-18 exchanges. There's a brilliant one in Australia that the, the boys used to love. They had a mate that flew uh, Willytown, you know, F-18. I remember him coming back and he just loved it. It was brilliant. But for this Dutch guy, it was essentially the same jet. Um, you know, like an MLU F-16 that was flying a Block 50 or something. But he sort of echo what you said, God, is he just said it was awesome flying with the USAF. Every trip, how they did it, it was almost, there was no real difference if you went on ops and how you did it for real. It was just extraordinary. The, the amount of chaff and flares they could use and missiles and bombs that they would drop and all sorts of stuff that, that made it, that when they went on ops, it was no big deal kind of thing. Yeah, 100%. There you go. Good question. Excellent thanks, question. Uh, thanks, Fraser. Here's one from uh, Matt Griffiths. Um, and I'm, I'm going to link this to the next one, depending on what we say. But I know what I'm going to say. Um, which one former RAF aircraft do you wish you'd had a chance to fly? Parky. Ooh. Mosquito. Ooh, nice. I like it. Not the Why lightning, mosquito? Parky. Yeah, I mean, just just beautiful looking aircraft, fighter bomber, just the, sort of the missing link between the Lancaster and the Spitfire. It's either two Spitfires or half a Lancaster. But the, the, I, you'll probably remember George Dunn, you know, one of our mates on BBMF. And, uh, you know, he, he did the, the trips he did. He, it's something along the lines of three hours 45 he did Berlin and back from the U.K., 
to to bomb Berlin, and it just just extraordinary bit of machinery. Nice. Uh, are we going to see mosquitoes over here anytime soon, Parky? I think there is a penciled-in mozzie that's being built in New Zealand that is fragged to come to the UK that uh, Duxford are going to operate, I believe. But, you know, how you know precise that is and, uh, you know, but that's what I've heard, which would be awesome. That would be cool. Uh, Dunk? Well, um, I would be... I, I, I have to say the Mustang. I always wanted to fly the Mustang, and I know we've already mentioned it. But then, so I, for me, that's definitely what I want. You know, I want to have a, a, a go in. But I, uh, I also I quite hanker after a hunter. I hanker after a hunter. Oh, I've flown in a hunter. Have you Have you had a trip? No, no, no. That's, so I'd like to. I'd like to have a go. I've flown in a gnat. Nat was good. Oh, how was the gnat? Yeah. That must have been weird sitting practically on the ground yeah. before you took off because it's yeah, so. Yeah, yeah it's, it is like it's like being in a go kart. It's just you know bizarre. Was but, it easy to fly? Uh, yeah, yeah, um, but you know clearly we didn't. I went and flew it just just the once. I went and did some formation aerobatics in it, and um, and it was it was good for that, as you would imagine, being the former uh, Reds platform, but. Um, I was chatting to one of the boys that I fly with now, uh, a guy called uh, Mike Falvey, who did his uh, tra- his fast jet training. I think he flew Lightnings initially, and then he went helos after that for whatever reason. But I think he went through on Nats, and he was saying that the um, the characteristics of it, such that were that if it spanned, for instance, that that was it, it would never come out of it. You would just um, you'd put a control input in to stabilise the aircraft so that you could eject cleanly. It wasn't to get it out of the spin; it wouldn't come out. So there's some really interesting sort of. They, they do have a decent combat record too, don't they? Uh, operated by India. Oh yeah, they were, weren't they? Yeah, they had some good results. I think was it a Mig twenty one or Mig fifteen maybe? Sneb was it an air to surf an air to ground platform with a bit of self defence missiles on? You know, was it Sneb rockets and stuff? Yeah. I think they I think did well air to air, but I could be wrong. You need to look at that. Certain- now, are you talking Hunter or Nat, Jamie? Nat, definitely Nat. No, Nat. There's one down at uh, North Weald. There's a there's a, a sort of standard Brit R3. They have seen Nat. And apparently this thing's got, I don't know, it's definitely got more thrust. It's kind of like got 10,000 pounds instead of 7,000 pounds of thrust. And it goes like a belt-fed wombat, the, the bloke was saying. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Mm, yeah, that's, that's brilliant. Back to the Hunter, the Hunter, I think, is beautiful aircraft. You know, again, you could arm that bad boy up, ground attack aircraft. So, I think just off the top of my head, those two, you know, one jet, one piston, that's what springs to mind. What about a jet, Parky? Um, oh, it'd have to be the Harrier. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no, sorry. Um, <laughs> He's I mean, lying so a, much; a, he'd love to have flown a Harrier. Of course, he would. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know? I mean, no, that can't say it is, can I? Uh, I, it, I nearly did. I was going to fly with Miles, and it just never happened. You know, when we left the Reds, he, he went back to the Harrier, and I actually do regret it because you know, there's bits I remember, you know, banging on and blowing sunshine up your backsides, but you know, standing on that carrier, and I think you, you called it the two spot or something or other, and going. Yeah, we used to get airborne from here, you know, go off that ski jump and bits. And it's like, what a mental aircraft the Harrier must have been to fly, you know. And especially the the early ones, you know, they look 
freaking difficult to, to, you know, land those bad boys. Um, but, oh, God, I'm almost saying I wanted to fight a Harrier. Uh, no, the Lightning, obviously, is my answer. That was going to be my answer anyway. I'm very disappointed no one said the original Typhoon. After reading the, the, the descriptions of it in, um, oh, what's his name's book? Uh, Pierre Klosterman. Pierre Klosterman's oh, book. the big show. Yeah, uh, I mean, that to me just seems like such an incredible aircraft. Well, yeah. I would have picked the Tempest above the uh, original Typhoon. Uh, the Tempest, Tempest didn't, am I right in thinking Tempest didn't fight in World War Two? Yeah, yeah, he flew yeah, the Tempest. It did. It was sort of later on, but it was it was a, a Typhoon with the sort of the, the strength and back end, wasn't it? And and sort of the, a few of the problems ironed out. Yeah, more manoeuvrable and a bit less spicy. Hang on, hang on, boys. Did it look like that? <laughs> it's blurry. At the you have to put it. Hang in, on, you put it closer to the camera. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's it. That is. That's a Tempest. Is, is it? Tempest. Yeah, you're right. Then Tempest it is. Then. Rather than Typhoon. I thought the Tempest uh, had um, a, a radial engine. Was that the Tempest 2? No, that was the Tempest 2. It was a Sabre, wasn't it? A sort of... Um, yeah, sleeve valve engine. 24-cylinder job. It was a, it was a bizarre engine. Eight, um, H-block. Yeah, there you go. Well, that, that's what the Sea Fury's got on it in, um, yeah. uh, down at the Navy Historic Flight. Has it? Yeah. So, yeah, so with... Oh, With that in mind, yes. so my, my choice was the uh, was the lightning there. So from Nick Blakeow, uh, you've been tasked by the RAF to lead improvements to the English Electric Lightning, but the budget will only stretch to either more fuel or more weapons. Which do you choose <laughs> and why? I like that. What would you do, JB? More fuel or more weapons? Well, the, uh, I, I mean, I think I put a radar in the thing. We had, had a radar. It, 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 ah, it had a terrible radar, and the and yes, the yeah. and the upgrade for it allegedly was whole new weapon system and radar and uh, that 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 seems to me like the like the more sensible thing but you know if push comes to shove probably fuel what do you they, they did well they, they went for those um over wing tanks do you remember they were yeah. they weren't underneath they were they were on top of the wing i remember does you know i remember tanking. Uh, does the one outside 29 squadron have over wings on parker don't think so no it's clean i think but uh, I, I can vividly remember tanking off of Victor, you know, on cue, intercepting some bears, and Bratty, a mate of mine, was, uh, was in the, on a Lightning with those wing tanks on the last Lightning scramble, actually. But he had still, I mean, we were way up north, he had no fuel to go anywhere. And he essentially just remained with the tanker the whole time. And you know, I was in a three-bag Phantom, and, you know, we had three hours of petrol, so we just stayed, you know, left the tanker and got the bears and he landed back at Lucas just to get some more fuel. And, you know, it, it, even with those extra fuel tanks on it, it was strapped for gas, that thing. Because, you know, it, when you were a long way from anywhere, you know, it didn't have a lot of fuel. Yeah, because they had the, the belly tank on it too, didn't they? I, I, actually, why do you put weapons on the top of wings rather than below it? Because I remember the Jaguar had sidewinders on, on the top of the wings. Yeah, you're right. I don't know whether it's a space thing, a, a wiring thing, or, or a dynamic thing. I'm not sure. For the Jag, it was extra lift because the sidewinders had those little wings on them. <laughs> <laughs> it, it probably was. The wings were just too small by the time you put other stuff on it. It was the only space available. So that wasn't a problem for the Lightning, though, because it had nothing under the wings. How were you? Parker, did no, you I ever think do. The gear, the gear was there, wasn't it? It had very long ah. gear that kind of attracted 
it probably took up a lot of the space where you know so you couldn't put anything where the, you know where the gear was going to go up and down Good point. yeah that's right because it had it had red top and fire streak pinned to the nose didn't it yeah, yeah. Now, was Firestreak the one which couldn't fire at an oncoming enemy and Redtop could fire oncoming or behind? Well, so a lot of those old missiles couldn't fire at something oncoming because you've got to have a very sensitive seeker head inside the missile to be able to pick up because you, you're just looking at kinetic heating on the front of the, you know, on the leading edge of the wings and the, oh. and the nose is the, the sort of heat signature you're picking up there. JB, I, I don't mean to you know, blow proverbial sunshine, but I am always astounded at how much you know and retain. Flipping heck, mate. <laughs> Are those particular type of missiles you can't, you can't fire head on? How do you remember that? I, I read a lot of internet. A lot of internet. <laughs> In fact, well, most of it. So, uh, so what, 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 I think the general consensus there is fuel, right? Yeah, I'd yeah, say fuel. Right? Yeah, I'd say fuel. Yeah. All right, uh, probably the last question looking at the time, but um, this is a good one. I think I've said his name wrong before, but Charlie Lyon. Uh, uh, Lyon, spelt Leon. Um, what would you guys say is the most challenging aspect of flight training for new cadets? That's a good question. Really good question. Mm. Well, Dunk, mate, you're Dunk. the expert. Yeah. You're, you're well, well, so, uh, well, hang on. Before we, before we go to Dunk Parkey, so what did you find the most challenging thing when you went through flying training? I know what uh, I did. Um, I think it was sort of just you know, kind of like you know that penny dropping moment where you just kind of click and you start to get ahead. I mean, mine was a, a T thirty seven in in the states, and in my pilot training out there, and it, it was lots of rules with the USAF, and you know, just everything was very instrument departure and doing all of that, and just trying to remember all that I was nineteen at the time, and just. There just seemed to be so much stuff and checks and bits and bobs to do. And then eventually it just kind of clicked. And, and after that, you know, the the, the various, you know, you, you moved on to a bit of instrument flying, then you did formation flying, and then I think you moved to T-38, a bit of navigation. They were all kind of okay when it clicked. But it, it's that I'm sure everybody in pilot training has it. There's some sort of – it's either a trip or it's a moment where suddenly you just – you just feel your confidence growing a bit and you you suddenly, what was difficult, suddenly that, that kind of becomes easier. And, you know, it's, a, it's maybe a sort of 20-hour stage, something like that for me. It just felt, oh, yeah, I'm, for, it, it seemed impossible. And I, I kind of thought I was getting the hang of it. That that sort of, uh, so, and it was more sort of just the GH and, and the, the general everything about sitting in a jet rather than one specific thing. So, but you're talking about jets there, you rather than because I think the question was about. Well, no, that's because he went through on T thirty seven, T thirty eight. That's what I did. That was my basic. That's my the first thing I flew down. Oh uh, yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, I know I was the same on the jet problems. I know exactly what you mean. You know, there's a moment where you go. I do remember because you know I'd flown an aeroplane before in terms of a Cessna on my flying scholarship. The the new thing that I had never done before was formation flying. You know, and that first time where the instructor demos. Uh, you know, a join forward, up and in, and then you're doing a tail chase after that. Uh, was I was like, oh, I'm never going to. Frankly, I never did, but I'm never going to get this. You know, and it was, uh, you know, I remember thinking, we had this moment, fly an aeroplane around. Well, you could fly the circuits, you could do the instrument flying, you could do the general handling and loops and aero. But then you suddenly get into this new world of formation and then low level navigation and that sort of stuff. I think that's when it starts to be, starts to get that point or not. Yeah. 
Hmm. What's yours, Dunk? When you see all the people you take through flying training and stuff, what do you think? Who, me? Yeah. Oh, thank you very much. Um, <laughs> I... Well, you know, as you say, people have different um, different problems with different things. But I think, well, for me personally, I think that, and it's along the same lines, I think when I first started doing navigation, it was when it's, you know, airspace and actually just, who have I got to talk to? Do I have to talk to them if I'm going over there? And, you know, am I going to find that particular, you know, a turn point that I've I've looked for, and there's a certain anxiety in that as to, uh, and, and a sort of, as you said, I, got, I guess a lack of confidence. Is this going to work? Am I am I going to find where I'm supposed to be going? Uh, and uh, and again, I think that uh, that clicked. It clicked last week for me. Actually, it's taken me about thirty years, but uh, yeah, something clicked last week. I think I've got it now. So. Um, but I, I, I guess the thing is, you know, I, when you say I'm the expert at the, at the new boys going through, but I'm not, of course, because I haven't started teaching them yet. So, uh, but I, I don't suppose much changes. And I think the things that you've both said, and I think um, that, that I've mentioned probably will be the same now and the same as it was 30 years ago. Those very basic elements of flying and actually just suddenly getting, or maybe it's not even sudden, but getting comfortable with it at some point. Um, and assimilating all those skills to, to put them together to give you more capacity, I suppose, to do other things. Yeah, nice. Well, it's just like driving a car, isn't it? At some point, you get it. Yeah. yeah. Right, well, let's, um, let's leave it there. Before we go, though, I've just got a quick shout-out to uh, Tony Shannon, who he sent me quite an interesting question, but it's well beyond the scope of this podcast, and we will definitely, definitely address it later. Which, um, what was it called? It's about NATO evaluations, basically. Oh yeah, but yeah, I think tactical it, evaluations, Tankervels. Yeah, which sounds really cool, but uh, I just don't think we're going to have enough time to do it now in the remaining thirty seconds. So, um, yeah, it's good. There is one more shout out. Um, Claire Hartley had written down that, that remind Doug Major he owes the Blakeoid a shout out. Ah, yes, I do. So, so here's a shout out to the Blakeoid. Then, <laughs> <laughs> well remembered, Duncan. Yeah. And who who is Tom Blake? But uh, no, those guys. Uh, photography for uh, a bicycle ride that so both Claire and Tom for a bicycle ride that um, uh, that I organised uh, late last year. So um, Donegging Trust one. Yeah, yeah, yeah nice. Donegging Trust. Yeah. So well done uh, you. Yeah, well, and well done them. They did a fantastic job. They were brilliant. So a huge shout out to you guys. Did you give them some cake or had you eaten it all? Do you know what? <laughs> There's a little bit of a story behind that because they were, <laughs> they were camped out taking photos and it had been nice all day and then absolutely shut down. And we had saved them some cake especially. Um, and um, sadly, <laughs> someone came along and either ate it or took it away or binned it. So I do um, owe both of them some cake. Oh, what a lovely end to the podcast. <laughs> right, well, um, let's leave it there. Lovely to chat to you three again. We, and we will have to do it. To <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to get, uh, get, get right together and do one in the ne- within the next month, shall we say. Yeah. Let's try and get oh, yeah, no, Definitely. New Year's, re- New, yeah, New Year's we're, resolution, we're, monthly New Year's podcast. Re- resolution, absolutely monthly podcast. 12 right. this year and a live one. 
perfect. Well, Tenderfoot. seven of them are going to be when we've seen Top Gun. So that's only me to do out of four. Parky, with your contacts in the floor to get tickets to the Premier. Yeah, no problem. It would be ironic, wouldn't it, if this is the only Premier that you can't get tickets to, Godders. <laughs> Anyway, enough, enough. Uh, you can find us at Pilot Episodes Pod uh, on Twitter. You can find me at JB. And you can find Godders at. What, what are you, Godders? Godders Twit. Godders Twit. Godders Twit. And um, is it Major Dunk? Dunk Major. Doug Major 222. Doug Major 222. And people always have a go at me for leaving Lego Parky out. And I think they think it's because Lego Parky is Parky. But clearly, I'm more than happy to keep Lego Parky in the gang. but Parky, if um, if we talk to Lego Parky for you and he gives you the login, will, will you assume the actual Lego Parky Twitter account so you can be yeah, on Twitter? Yeah, I, I haven't really got any idea what you're talking about. I got an Instagram account the other day. So, Have you? you know, oh. Yeah. Lots of selfies but, uh, with filters yeah, on. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm more than happy to take on Lego Parky. There we go. Ooh. Excellent. Right, Right, Lego Parky, get in touch. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for listening. Leave a review if you want. Get in contact with us on Twitter. But until next time, from me, Dunk, Godders, and Parky, uh, see you soon. Bye bye. Bye now. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.